0: When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh-hand, burned-piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. is the throw down toward the goal line, going up, ball tip in the left. Touchdown, Jordan Westerkamp, Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest. Oh, baby! Austin side back to throw as Martinez, not being chased, throws it out, a flat, Burkhead makes a catch, sits a tackle, 25-20, 15-10, 20, 5, Rex Burkett, touchdown, Nebraska! Oh! Thanks for joining me tonight, everybody, here on Church of the Corn. You are joined here by Zach, also known as N.E.B. Hype Man. Um, Fitz and Drake are out tonight. Those guys got a lot going on. Uh, Drake traveling back from Michigan today. So, safe travels to you, buddy. Uh, Unfortunately, the game did not go as well as we would have liked or planned for it to. But what we all kind of knew was expected and going to happen, unfortunately. Um, Fitz is out, I believe, was on a hunting expedition down at Henry Dorley Zoo. So... Um the last time you heard him on the podcast will probably be the last time you hear him because he's probably now a felon. So that's what those two boys are. Um so you're stuck with me tonight. A little bit about the Michigan game yesterday. Obviously, watched it. Um not sure really. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm not gonna give you any uh crazy takes here. It's exactly what we thought it was gonna be. Uh Michigan's a very good team. Uh they're the kind of team that can just literally lean on you for 60 straight minutes and not give a damn about it. And they do it well. Um, Harbaugh has finally got that program to the point. I believe I said this on the radio yesterday. I believe Harbaugh finally has that defense to the point and offense where they can compete with Ohio State especially in the game of the year um and and it will be this year um I finally think Harbaugh has their right guys in place not only on the coaching staff but on the offensive and defensive side of the ball and offensive and defensive side of the lines most importantly um they had Hutchinson and Ojabo last year who those guys were absolute freaks hence the reason they both got drafted um, and that that doesn't even include include the rest of the players from the back back seven that got drafted. Nebraska is in a an interesting spot right now where they say they want to be compared to Ohio State and they want to follow Ohio State. And I understand that. I, I get the sentiment of it because everybody wants to be the Ohio State. It's the name program in the conference. that's that's what everybody knows. Um, and And so that's where, that's what Nebraska said that they want to be and what they want to chase. I feel, like, I feel like we're chasing maybe the wrong team. I feel like we should be trying to follow and do what Jim Harbaugh has done up at Michigan. Maybe we should try to go back to the, now I don't want to be the run the damn ball guy, but putting emphasis on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. If you don't have the lines fixed, you can't have anything. You don't have anything. Um, And unfortunately, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the offensive and defensive lines at this point at Nebraska to the point that there's, number one, no depth. And you're seeing that on a weekly basis. When you've got guys that go down or you've got the same guys that are out there, it's mind-boggling especially when you watch some of the film and and you see just blatant not give a fuck and no effort when you're seeing things like that that's a problem and I'm not going to call any players out specifically by name because it's you know we all watch the game. Um, and you, you don't need to single somebody out I hope film practices do, or you know film studies doing that enough I mean, maybe it's not but you know what can you do I think Michigan is the team that Nebraska needs to be chasing and modeling itself after, as opposed to the Ohio state university. And I feel like that method of success and development on the offensive lines and committing to running the ball are huge and could get Nebraska to the top of not only their division quicker, but the, you know, moving up the ladder in the big 10 first, um thing that any of us need to realize is and and i hear this all the time that people complain about the 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 um expectations of nebraska are unrealistic and um there's absolutely no way that there's there's a coach that would take that job because the it's it's national title or bust. unrealistic expectations i don't know about you guys or not but um I have not watched Nebraska in a national title game since 2001. I haven't expected Nebraska to be in a national title game. And I can't even tell you the last time that I expected Nebraska to be in the national title game. Even 2009, when they were playing against Texas and lost that game by one second. Fuck you, Texas. I still didn't think Nebraska deserved to be in the national title game that year. That offense was so piss poor that there's absolutely no way. Defensively, yeah, that, that defense could have stopped anybody in the country, and they did. Offensively, it was just piss poor. So I, I think the method of getting back to is, is following, following the Michigan um, game plan. Build your big defensive line. Build, build your big offensive physical, physical and technical offensive line. You've got the backs. You've got the guys that can follow those blocks. They're, they're on the roster, okay? I'm, I don't want to hear any that that that's the one thing we we do have is we've got running backs. Maybe three of them. Maybe four. I think your guys that you should be looking at next year, honestly, and I will call these guys out by name in the running back room. If he returns Anthony Grant um AJ Allen Emmett Johnson would be my my third guy and if he's healthy I could see an urban I you know it, I I thought it would be a little bit longer than the time it, that he bounced back it usually takes about a full year for for that patella to be where you want it and where you're feeling good and where you're normal okay so you we're seeing little bits and pieces of him but for the most part I I, I we're seeing about what I expected out of um, Irvin this year. Kind of wish they would have redshirted him. Um, I don't know if they still have that option. I should probably looked it up before I said anything, but it is one of those. But those are my four running backs that I would really be looking out for next year. To the point that I think those guys can really do something in a lot of different schemes. Um, Anthony Grant and Emmett Johnson. Crazy enough, Emmett Johnson, true freshman, about the same size as uh, Anthony Grant. So that just tells you that, that the dedication that that kid has put into his body since he's gotten on campus. Um, you know, obviously he, uh, I, I don't believe he was recruited. I can't remember if he was recruited by um, Applewhite. And I really should have looked that up too. I believe he was. Um, he's a kid that fits into a lot of different schemes. Actually, he was recruited by Applewhite. I'm a fucking idiot. Sorry. Um, I really just I really like his, his mental makeup and him wanting to be on the field. You've got some other running backs that um how do I wanna put this one politely? Pussy foot around and or uh, running on their tiptoes. If you're a big back, run like a big back. You don't have to run like a big back all the time, but if you're in a short yard situation, run like a fucking big back it makes me want to slam my goddamn head into the wall. Now here is where I'm going to put a little crux of my own argument. If you decide to go with a certain coach, maybe you do try to model a little bit more after a aggressive, uh, spread where you're going a little bit more downfield, not so much running the ball, but I, my guy that I want, and and I, I guess what I should do right now is I'm just gonna jump into some of the questions that I had uh, people shoot over to me, um, because I figured it it's just me tonight. So let's let's get you guys involved, and I'll answer some of your questions. Um, let's see, first one, and and this is this is kind of why I wanted to tie everything together um, right off the bat. Rus five four five four five Jesus. And Tiger Turf both asked this question. Dion, Matt Rule, Lane Kiffin, or the field? Who gets hired after the final whistle of 2022? That is a great question because Matt Rule has really started to grow on me. Um, he doesn't have the greatest coaching record in, in the country. I realize that. We're not getting a 181 and 79, you know, Gary Patterson type record there. I got that, but you're getting a guy that's, uh, taking over a temple program, which historically is not a great program. Now it's in the Philadelphia area where there is a lot of talent, but historically not the greatest program. I believe he took him to two nine, one seasons there. he did make a move to Baylor. Um, you know, after taking over the shit storm that Riles left for him, um, any coach taking over that job. It, it's impressive. And taking over a program like Baylor, after everything they went through with Bryles was, you know, it, that's a nightmare situation with the sexual assault and everything else. I was involved with it, it, it complete chaos there. And you know what? He turned that program into a, a, another very competitive program. So we can't act like he's a bad coach. He coached at multiple Division One programs, coached in the NFL. Now, here is, here is and I brought this point up quite a bit you've got um, a guy that was just in the NFL and he, he bombed out pretty hard. I think that that's pretty fair to say Um, now, granted with a bad um, Carolina program of his building. The last couple of years um, is still just didn't look good. Um, Really looked out of place in the NFL as a head coach. I feel like his place is back in college. So, My Matt rule, um, affection is starting to grow quite a bit. Dion neon, Dion Sanders primetime, one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. One of the greatest athletes of all time. Absolutely impressive. What he's been able to do in short term, the man is just, just gifted in life. Um, and that doesn't mean that he has not worked. He's worked his fucking ass off. Okay. But he is tremendously gifted, and the great thing is it seems like as good of a player as he is, he's able to be almost as good of a head coach. We all remember, I believe he's the only player to ever hit a home run and play in a football game in the same day. Um, Both pro, I believe. Um, Did both for Atlanta uh, World Series and then the Atlanta Falcons, if I'm not mistaken. So crazy little thing about Dion there, but... The dude is a straight-up grinder. Um, what he's been able to do at Jackson State University, actually getting them to the point that people are thinking about voting for them in the top 25 rankings, a historically black college. They don't get respect, unfortunately, and they've got some tremendous athletes at those schools. Grambling, one of the best historically black colleges of all time. Very little respect on the Division One national level. Um, but Dion has gotten Jackson State to that level where it's starting to get recognized. Now, granted, they're recognizing his face. Perfectly fine. Whatever you got to do to get those kids the recognition that they deserve in that program, the recognition that it deserves, Dion, keep doing your thing. I respect that a hundred percent. My guy, Lane Kiffin, now. To me, Lane Kiffin is the absolute slam dunk no-brainer if Trev lands this coach. I don't want to say that he can't fail because that's not true. Everybody can fail. We've seen it happen. But he's a guy that I think could step in year one, get this program to six wins and a um, bowl game, something we haven't done in seven years now, six years. Um. I believe that he's the kind of guy that could step in, give this program some life and some juice, and he could be the guy also at Lincoln Native. I think we just hired the wrong former Nebraska guy here before, about four years ago. Um, But being a former Lincoln kid, um, dad coached here. Oh, Monty Kiffin, one of the greatest defensive architects of all time. I think Lane would be the absolute slam dunk. No brainer. You can't, you can't, you couldn't go any higher than him, honestly, for me. Some people like the, the Urban Myers of the world. Some people like some others. That, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. Um, I, I, to me, it's, it's, it's Kiffner bust at this point. So to answer that question, um, and I, I do want to say one more thing about Dion before I pick here. Dion, to me, does not seem like a guy to come north. And the reason I say that, played his high school ball or his college ball at Florida State. He played professionally in Atlanta for a baseball team and a football team. Now, I will say this. Obviously, he did travel to uh, the San Francisco 49ers in his pro days. So I guess it's a little bit more West Coast, but still not super far north. If a program like Georgia Tech were... I mean, it is open. George Tech, to me, hiring Dion would be the slam dunk for them. But I think Dion may be waiting for that Florida State job to open up. Now, the alma mater coaching thing doesn't always work out. Unfortunately, that's the way it goes. But with his ability and what he's been able to do at Jackson State, if he could get that job at Florida State University, I think that would be an absolute atom bomb on college football. I think Dion would definitely have Florida State back in national relevance within two years. Two years. Neon Neon Dion would have Florida State back in the top 15 yearly. I'll say that right now. So if 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 they hire him, that's where it is. But I think the guy for Nebraska. As soon as that clock hit that, you know, clock strike zero after the Iowa game, win, loss, and different. I would love to see the announcement of Lane Kiffin scrolling across the bottom of the screen. Lane Kiffin has accepted the Nebraska head coaching job. Let's fucking go. So that's what that, that, that would be my pick. Um, and, and, and so, uh, Drew, you actually asked this question, um, says lots of haters want to come out or want to point out why candidates won't, content- won't come here with any basis behind their argument. Let's discuss what makes Nebraska desirable for a current coach in a winning situation to take a chance on le- leaving a program to coach at a struggling blue blood. Great question, Drew. Um, I will say this. Once you're blue blood, you're always blue blood. You don't lose that. So I I I don't think uh I don't think you're referring to losing blue blood status or anything like that. Um, once you got that, you always got it. You can't take away five national trophies, just doesn't work. I don't care how long the drought has been. You've seen your traditional um powerhouses struggle, you've seen your Alabama struggle, you've seen your USC struggle, you've seen your I don't know if I can I'm not even gonna say Texas AM. That's a fucking shit show. Your uh Florida Gators, your Miami Hurricanes. These are programs that are not. I mean, I, I would consider those guys up there. Maybe not Florida State for a blue blood, but Miami has done a lot to gain up there, we'll say. Um, but you have these programs that do go through their 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 dry spells. Uh Washington just did it, you see what Washington's doing now. Oregon did it as well. So Once you've got that status, you've got that status. Now, here's what Nebraska has going for it. They've got an athletic director that wants this to work. They've got an athletic director from the area. They've got an athletic director named Trev Alberts, who not only gave Scott Frost, that ginger motherfucker, enough rope to hang himself with, and he did. Oh, he hung himself three or four times with it. He had to do that to show the next coach a point. I said, when I took this job, and when we retained Scott Frost, I would do everything possible to give this head coach no reason to fail. I will do everything in my power to make sure he's successful. And at that point, what Scott do? Hits it down his fucking leg. And I'm glad that that cocksucker's gone, by the way, too. So. Um, but some of the things that make it successful. Now, I said Alberts. That, that's a great boss to work for. That's, that's one of the most attractive things. But also, the 1890 initiative, that NIL package that was rolled out or the, the conglomerate, um, you, you guys got to realize, coaches, especially coaches at these big programs now, realize how important NIL is to getting these players to commit to your program. You have to have money. And the amount of money that's in that initiative alone is goddamn insane. That is a huge, huge recruiting tool, not only for players, but for coaches. Because when you can give a coach and say, hey, we got $15 million in there, what, what, what players do you want? Go recruit. The money's there. If we can get to that point, maybe not. Texas a that point, but if we can get to the point where our coaches who are going to be teachers, not implementers, but teachers in this next staff, if you can get those teachers to get these raw prospects, these higher caliber prospects, and if you can get those two together and develop them, you've got a goddamn good program on your hands. So I think the NIL, um, things that have been brought out by Nebraska, which were in 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 the works two plus years before anything was announced. Good on them. Ne- Nebraska has traditionally been a better program and dominant when they ride the wave of innovation. When they ride the wave of innovation in the past, they have been national championship winners. Just saying, it is what it is. Um, love that, hate that, indifferent. But anytime Nebraska has been on the front edge of innovation. They've won, and they've won at a high caliber. So, nil, Trev Alberts. Let's get to the athletic um, facilities that are being built—the insane athletic facilities—to finally bring Nebraska back up to the status quo of where they need to be. They need that weight room needs to be seen as the mecca, and right now it's not. It's a good weight room. It's a very good weight room. I don't want to say anything that it's not, but that needs to be looked at like the Mecca, like it used to be. And I also think that the strength and conditioning department will be getting cleaned out as well. So with that being said, pretty good time, pretty good time to upgrade. Um, you know, it's going to be a little bit, I believe it's going to be a year, one to two year development plan. Um, so I think once that's up and going, watch out. Cause that that's a great thing. Now, Couple other things you're in a, you're in the big 10. There are two conferences right now where a head coach is going to get paid like they are and have the um, resources, the conference ties and the ability to get to the playoffs every year. Those two conferences, ladies and gentlemen, are the sec and the big 10. If you are in those two power conferences, which those are the two power conferences right now, don't, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Those are the power conferences right now. And they will be and continue to be. If you're in those two programs, you don't really, have, or conferences, excuse me, you don't really have to leave. Unless if I'm Lane Kiffin and I didn't win my division this year with all the chaos that was going on, I didn't win my division this year with probably one of my best teams. I may start looking at the big 10, the division top to bottom for Nebraska. You've got your Nebraska. You've got your Northwestern. You've got your Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue, Illinois. And God, I know I'm forgetting one more and it's going to chat my ass. That's fine. Um, Wisconsin, I think. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know if I mentioned Wisconsin earlier or not. But when you look at that division, it's it's not it's not a gauntlet. I mean, it is. I I I shouldn't say that's not fair, but it's not the SEC. You know, you're not going against your Alabamas, you're not going against your LSUs, you're not going against your Georgias. I mean, you're not going against a lot of those teams. So While the level of competition isn't as high in some cases. I really think that a guy like Kiffin coming off a 30 to 24 game against Alabama. I I think he would have to look at the big 10 and say, I got a path up there. I could go to the playoffs up there. And I would think for a guy like him. It's got to be tempting because you're not stepping away from a challenge. You're actually taking on a bigger challenge. If Lane Kiffin is able to come up to Nebraska and restore Nebraska to national relevance. And when I say national relevance, that's not national titles. Ladies and gentlemen, that is getting Nebraska to being a top 20 team continuously. I don't think that's out of the question. That's not first year. First year. I, I, you give me six wins, five to six wins, and I want to see development in the entire way. You show me that the first year, that's an A plus first year for me. Year two is where I'd expect a bowl game. I would say seven to eight wins bowl game, depending on what that roster looks like. Now there's always a lot of what the roster looks like. So could be a lot going on there, but I think Nebraska is an RG3, Robert Griffin, who I made a remark about, stay playing my nuts instead of listening to him, apologize on that one i think a little bit just because you said yourself that nebraska was the top open job and and i i got to agree with you nebraska is the number 1 coaching job right now previously i, I thought i said wisconsin maybe auburn maybe auburn's got to deal with alabama you if you don't eat, beat alabama you don't keep your job so uh, no no offense to auburn but that is that's probably the th- third job for me nebraska's number one georgia tech is is somewhere in that top top four just based on some different things that they got going on down there I, georgia tech to me is a little bit higher than some other um so to me it's lane kiffin it's, it's lane or bust Let's see. I got another question here that says from Husker Daily, how much alcohol will I need to drink next weekend to drink away my sorrows? And I've been doing a lot of math on this one. So um, all of it, the correct answer is all of it. Make sure you've got something with a high proof, something that can start on fire if you uh, blow it out. Um, that's how you know it's the good stuff. So All the alcohol you can afford, that's what I would recommend, or maybe hit the peace pipe a a time or two. This is probably one of my favorite questions I've ever been asked, Um, and I'm going to read it exactly as our guy, Fremont Fred, tweeted at me. Did Frost set the program back further than Callahan? And when you say yes, how big of a piece of shit does that make him? Savior, my fucking ass. Arrogant, morally bankrupt cocksucker, right along with Matt, lucky ass, catch, soft lips, Davidson. Fred's Tourette's took off a little bit there. And I love this question because it gives me another chance to drag Frost. Not really. But anyway, Frost left this program in a awful spot. Frost left this program in a worse spot than Riley did. um, and we can see it. There's no death. There's the, the front line athletes, um, and the strength and conditioning program that we're seeing implemented right now, it's, it's gone belly up. Um, you're not getting the soft tissue injuries necessarily, but you're seeing your guys squat who squat 900 pounds on the defensive line, getting moved constantly can't anchor no technique which that's, that's not on strength and conditioning, but if you can squat 900 fucking pounds, you better be able to anchor a little bit. If you can't do that, I, I don't know what fucking good jar is a defensive tackle or defensive lineman. I'll say. So with that being said, frost has set this program back to an all time low level. Um, obviously when frost was the head coach here, gonna support him why wouldn't I um you 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 just you just have to um you you got to support that the the head guy and um that's that we're we're fans at the end of the day and man I went to I went through a lot to defend that guy a lot um but here's the deal Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship before and, uh, you get cheated on by somebody and you hate that person's fucking guts. Well, you know, it's kind of the same thing in a way, because we were told by Scott Frost that at his last press conference, thanks for the fans that stood by us. Excuse me. Fans that stood by you. Fans didn't leave. You arrogant cocksucker. Fans gave up on you. Fans didn't give up on these players. We gave up on you. And the reason we gave up on you is because, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to go on an hour podcast of why we gave up on him. But let's just say other fan bases saw a lot more clearly than we did what Frost was frost was a fraud um and that sucks to say because everybody wanted that to work everybody wanted that hire to work and unfortunately it just did um can't get drunk and not show up to recruiting the number one player in the country whose dad's a legacy here can't get too drunk in ireland to show up to planned meetings and attendances and different things like that um got to be a present coach can't be an absentee head coach i i mean those are some of the things that he did to really set this program back um and i guess one thing and and i'm as guilty as anybody on this one the most productive players seem to leave year after year after year and you know to me it was always a I, I, it can't be it can't be frost, can it? Like that's it's, it he can't be the head coach. Like he's an offensive wizard. But it I think it was year three where it was COVID year. There's a lot of rumblings that started coming out. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rumor Mill, but there were a lot of things that started coming out, and that's when things really started to go down the shitter for him, it seemed like. Um and then should have been fired last year, but Rev gave him the rope to hang himself with. He hung himself cleanly, and uh yeah, so. He did set the program back further than Riley, further than Callahan. Um, at least Callahan and Riley left some pieces on the, uh, for the next coach to take over and be productive with. Um, I don't know how far down on the line he is, but I mean, he's, I mean, God, is he a negative 10 or is he a negative 15 as far as, Coaching status. So uh, I, I'll just go negative 15. And then Matt Davis and that all that Weasley cocksucker. Um, I'm glad he's no longer involved in the athletic department. Um, he's the kind of guy that is lucky that Scott was here because Scott gave him a job, essentially. And uh, I mean, they're boys. It's what happens? Gate 25 hanging out with co-eds, which coincidentally enough, was the highest development on this program was the head coach co-ed developments the last few years. So at least that's a good thing. Um, Jared Johnson asked, anyone know why Yant didn't travel with the team, injured their doghouse? I'd put a lot of money on doghouse. Uh, I think he's been a doghouse guy all year, and I think that will continue. There are certain guys that you've got on the roster that's, I don't want to say aren't bought in because maybe that's not fair. We'll say aren't team players. That's a good way to put it, I believe. So, you know, I just. That's that's what's got to get out of that locker room. Uh, I don't think you've got 22 guys on the offensive and defensive side of the ball fighting at the same time. Um, And this isn't a reflection on Mickey. So if anyone thinks I'm shitting on Mickey here, I'm not. Mickey was putting in an impossible situation to rescue this program from a fucking dumpster fire that the goddamn savior left us in. So Mickey is doing everything possible to keep this ship afloat long enough so that the next guy is able to step in with Mickey and continue that progress. Mickey's recruiting his ass off. Same thing with Applewhite. Same thing with Bush. These guys are out there recruiting their asses off. They're doing exactly what they need to. And I, the amount of professionalism those guys have and carry is incredible. There's, there's a reason why Mickey Joseph was promoted from a running back coach at Louisiana Tech to an associate head coach, wide receiver coach at, at LSU. It's because people and players respect him 100%. He's a guy who's not going to lie to you. He's going to tell you to your face where you stand. He's not going to shoot you any shit. He's going to tell you where things lie. That's why a guy like that deserves to stick around and deserves success. I just feel like at this point in his career, it's, it's not too much but I don't think that's the route he wants to go. I think he wants to be so heavily involved with this program, but just not the head coach spot. So I think, um, you know, Mickey is a guy that is so imperative to the operation at this point. And and I feel like everybody in the, in the house knows it. Um, his ability to command respect out of that locker room, working with the next head guy, I think it's going to be absolutely tremendous. Um, he's a guy that just, I've got nothing but respect for Mickey. Same thing with Applewhite. I've, I've talked to Applewhite a few times, and I love the guy. Very, very cordial. Um, he give, gives, gives time to shoot the shit. Um, like I said, very nice guy. So I want to see those guys. I would love to see on the next staff, Mickey around, Applewhite, and Bush. If I could get those three on the next staff, I'd be in fucking heaven in some form or fashion for Bush. Bush has done a tremendous job with the defensive side of the ball, and a defensive side of the ball that we all thought was dead this year. The amount of injuries he's had and is still successful to some degree, incredible. When the offensive, when the offense goes, I don't know how many three and outs in a row with one minute of rest for that defense, and they're still out there busting their ass. That that's kudos to coaching and keeping it simple and knowing your roster and your players. And that's what Bill Bush did. So kudos to that man for what he's able to do. Same thing with Bush, same thing with Mickey. So just so we're clear, I'm not shitting on Mickey um, by saying that where we are right now. He's taken over a dumpster fire and done a tremendous job. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think he wants the job here, the head coach job. I do think he wants to be here, though, um, and, and i put a lot of money on that. I know what's being said in the media. What's Mickey supposed to say? No, I don't want this job, but I'm just doing it for the short term. He's got to play the part. He's a leader of men, and even if he's not the head coach, he's still a leader of men is tremendously respected in this program so um i i want to give a shout out to emmett johnson i was uh, uh talking to him you know a little bit during the game and everything like that um i absolutely love emmett's emmett's film i think he's going to be a baller when he gets his chance i'd really love to see him get a chance this weekend against Mich- um wisconsin excuse me if we can get that young man out there i think he can do something it, it can't be any worse than what we've seen give this guy a shot we got to see what's on the roster going forward. Give these young guys a shot. I'll get off my soapbox there. Um, you know, other than that, I don't I I, I, don't, I don't. really know how I feel about these last two games. I'm going to end up, I'll tie it up here and then kind of go from there. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about the Wisconsin game. I don't know how I feel about the Iowa game with this team. I don't think this team will lay down. I don't think they lay down against um, Michigan. I think they gassed out. I think the offensive side of the ball was down to a third-string quarterback. The offensive line is in shambles. We've got balls that are going right through guys' hands, and obviously it's cold as shit up there. It just wasn't Nebraska's day. Um, They weren't going to beat Michigan with a third-string quarterback. Erdy looks like he's got a dinged ankle uh, after being in a walking boot, usually never a good thing. Hopefully just a sprain. Yeah, you know, good vibes to that young man. Hopefully he can uh, bounce back. Um it's 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 not good. I don't see Thompson playing the rest of the year. Um so for me, the Wisconsin game's a scary one just because they've got a 12-year-old back there that can put up apparently a thousand yards a game. So um Jim Leonard's doing some really good things up there. I expect to have that associate title removed from his name. I think he's a great, great fit for what they need. And I wasn't sure about it, but I really hope that athletic director up there sticks with him. I, I'd like to see Jim Leonard get a good shot up there and a fair shot. Now, Iowa, that's a game that I'm, I'm looking forward to um, because I, I enjoy the rivalry with Iowa. I, it, it is a rivalry. Um, I I've got a lot of really good Isla friends that give us follows on Twitter and, and I shoot this shit with continuously. Um, I I've gro- really grown to respect that fan base and, and a lot of the people there, a lot of really good people, a lot of very passionate fans They're that think of it like this. they're the same thing as Nebraska fans without the national titles. Okay. And what, and I'm not trying to shit on for not having national titles. What I'm saying is they're a very passionate fan base that does all the same, same things Nebraska does. They've got one of the best uh, traditions in college football with a wave to the, um, the children's uh, hospital right there. Absolutely. One of the best traditions in college football. And they don't, they don't play pretty, but they win. And I respect how they play the game. Um, Kirk Ferentz has done something that we did here. Uh, Kirk Ferentz, didn't cheat the process. Same thing with Brian Kelly down at uh, LSU. He didn't cheat the process. That's why he's successful. When you cheat the process, it, something's going to fall apart, and it has. We've seen multiple coaches do it here. But I respect what they do um, at Iowa, and they're a passionate fan base. They're Midwest uh, fans where they don't have any pro teams that are in their market. So, of course, they're going to cheer for their Hawkeyes, and they've got a rival in Iowa State right there. So, of course, they're going to be passionate. And when Nebraska fans have shit on them, um, when joining the conference and you know what, to be honest with you, I was one of them. I said, I was not rival. Why is this fucking game set up like a rivalry proximity? That's it. You know what? Over the last decade, I've gotten nothing but respect for Iowa and what they've done and how they play the game and how they play Nebraska and how they look forward to that game against Nebraska as a rivalry game. It may not be their number one rivalry game, but goddamn it. Do they love sticking it to Nebraska? And they've done it the last seven years. If we give them a chance, they'll do it seven more. So I'm excited for that game because it's a great way to end the game, end the year. Um, I'm happy it's the Black Friday game. A lot of really good Iowa fans out there. Hopefully, we can talk with a hawk or you know a couple of the um, Iowa podcasts here, and we can maybe do a little something, a little group podcast with them for the end of the year. Um, a lot of really cool dudes there. So. You know, other than that guy's uh a lot going on right now for for Nebraska. Um, we can have pity parties, and you know what it's it's fine to do at this point. We've been through a lot of shit this year. We can have pity parties or 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 we can support these boys. we can support these coaches. You ain't got to be happy with what you're fucking seeing because I know I'm not. But God damn it, I'm going to be down there supporting that team, those coaches, those players. You can you cannot be happy with things right now. And I kind of had a little bit of a meltdown yesterday on Twitter because I'm not happy with the state of this program. And I'm not happy with where it was left by the previous guy who cared more than all of us did, supposedly. I feel like a junior varsity head coach who has not coached before would have left this program in a better spot than Scott Frost did. It's probably the last time you're going to hear me mention him because at this point, I guys dead to me. I I want nothing to do with him. Um, As a player, his legacy is is tarnished as a coach. I hope if he ever steps foot in Memorial stadium, again, he is booed off the field. I've said that many a time now and I meant it 100%. I hope he's booed off the field. So, with that being said, everybody thank you so much for joining me tonight. I really appreciate it. Um I I I'd love to do this again. Um, and you know, I would really love to start branching out a little bit more talking a little bit more national college football. So, I, I would love to do this a little bit more often where we do some Q&A and um get you guys a little bit more involved in the in the show and the program and different things like that um it's always fun for me um i'm beyond lucky to be able to have people that want to listen to the dumb shit i say and we say here um so for zach for drake for Fitz, thank you guys all so much for joining me tonight have a great rest of your week weekend have a great week um i'll talk to all of you i'm sure during the week let's get a good uh Let's get some good juju going for Wisconsin. Let's get it going. Go Big Red. Have a good week, mind everybody. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid-filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.